What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Shanti Das, the host of the Silence the Shame podcast. It's a new year, y'all. It's 2023. Hope y'all had a great holiday. Um, we are extremely excited to be uh, continuing our efforts in doing this work to erase stigma and normalize the conversation around emotional health and wellness, especially in vulnerable populations and underserved communities. And boy, y'all in for a treat today. My brother has been tirelessly doing this work, but a lot of y'all going to be excited just because of what he do. But, you know, he cute and all that. But it, he, the more important thing is his heart. His heart is golden and he is a man of God, a man of his word and really a man of the people and does so much, especially for black men in our community. And we are just thrilled to have the one and only Lamont Rucker on the show today. What's up, Lamont? Mm-hmm. Like, yo, <laughs> I, I wish I could have that and play that everywhere I go, man. What a, uh, what a thoughtful and, uh, you know, really loving introduction. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. That's very thoughtful. Like, Absolutely. Very flattering. Yes, you know, I'm a big fan, but I, I don't ever tell you that. But I just, you know, I, I keep it casual because I, I, I just I love your spirit um, more importantly. And I am truly excited to have. Oh, thank you. And I'm also excited. Um, our boy Free the Vision has been on vacation, um, who is our co-host. But we have a new co-host from our team today on everybody. Let's welcome Katie to the show. Hey, listeners. Happy to be here. I'm Katie Williams, the Community Engagement Manager for Silence the Shame. Ready for the conversation. So, Lamont, we're going to jump right in. And first of all, brother, just can you share with the audience how you decided to even become a mental health advocate? Because I'll be honest with you, when I first really started seeing you and then talking to you about the work that I was doing, I was surprised at how dedicated you were in this space. Yeah, I can't even really put a start date on it, to be completely honest with you. Um, You know, as you and I have discussed before, this work connects to so much other work, right? So even when you might not specifically consider yourself, and I don't consider myself an expert, you know, um, but even for those of us, and I'll say in particular, someone like you who really has um, not found a lane, created a lane, really. taken this conversation and this awareness to a whole nother level. There's some people that they're so dedicated to it that if you're not doing that, people don't consider you involved, right? Or engaged. When in actuality, sometimes I believe what what people are now still learning to do is not look at this as a narrow lane and understand that mental health and mental wellness and even what I love about, you know, your organization in your language, silence the shame, it's, it really connects to so many other things, not only mental health, but even just specifically in the space of mental health. Um, you know, I've, I've worked in the space of, uh, of trauma really for, for a long time. And even when people were beginning to use that word, they still weren't necessarily connecting wellness and mental health or mental wellness or any of that capacity to the word trauma. It was always 
it was typically physical trauma or yeah, it might be emotional trauma, but it wasn't really connected to how people walk and talk every day, right? How we manage our lives on a regular basis, how we deal with all things that come to us, not just an event, right? Not just a moment of passion, conflict. And I think that's the other thing. It's, it's, it's been in this negative space of that mental health has got to be something bad. It's negative. Like, no, we're talking about being well. How do we, um, how do we uh, uh, perform and, and how do we um, respond, right, to things that go on all around us all the time? How, how aware are we that even information that we hear or absorb subconsciously or secondarily like it's impacting our spirit in a certain kind of way, right? It's making us, um, you know, uh, it's hurting our feelings in a certain way, or it maybe is exciting us in a certain way, but then just as quickly as somebody might feel excitement, they feel anxiety about the fact that they're excited because they then get concerned about, right? Whether than that, they not connects to, oh yeah, other things that have excited me, I was disappointed about now, there ends up being this track of, <laughs> right, associations to multiple events that now impact somebody's condition or their emotion or their spirit at the time. So when I work with children and with families, basically, you know, in, in the field of education is where I really got integrated into this more, um, more than any, anything else. Um, and when you're working with children, when you're working with, um, you know, in, in, counseling of children, family counseling. Um, then, of course, as an actor, I mean, this is what I do as an actor. It's about, um, you know, dissecting and really going inward into this other person's life and really understanding who they are, what their feelings are, what their thoughts are, what kind of spiritual place are they in, what has been their journey as a human being ever since the day they were born, if, if not beforehand, you know. Um, so it really is about getting into the real, you know, skin and bones of a whole nother human being. And there's no way to do that without fully committing to understanding who they are behind the veil, right? Um, behind closed doors, who they are when they're in their deepest, most personal inner thoughts and, and, and feelings. Um, so those are just, two, you know, just two ways that I kind of really been, um, impacted by this work and where I found the opportunity to start, you know, standing up for, for myself and for others, you know, then I'm an athlete, you know, and that's a whole nother walk. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the work that I've done with, um, you know, HIV and, and AIDS and that, mm -hmm. and then, you know, you talk about the word shame, oh man, you know, that's a whole, right. We start mm -hmm. using words like shame and stigma and so forth. So, you know, the more I got engaged in, in that community, start, you know, dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, things that are connected to not only family dynamics, but right, social issues and constraints, but also what this human being is going through, not only with their physical health, but their, you know, mental wellness and emotional well-being as they march through this journey of being HIV positive, you know, uh, or whatever. Well, we certainly uh, you know, there's a variety of Three point, you know, 
you are such a rock star in this space. I mean, you 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 don't tell anybody no. You're always if you're not filming, you're you're willing to work and and, and give back, and, and we appreciate that and love you for that. I'm gonna let Katie ask you our next question. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned like the many hats that you wear with being an athlete and and being an advocate in education and mental health, um, but also just being an actor. How important is it for those in creative spaces or communities to prioritize their mental wellness from your perspective? Yeah, I think it's incredibly important. And, you know, and for a number of reasons. One, based on the medium, right? And based on the, the things that we do as creatives, especially depending on the, the, the profile, right? So especially if there's, if, if uh, you have a highly public profile, the example that you're setting for other people, um, you know, how you are navigating in the world, there's, there's a big responsibility to how you walk and talk, how you talk to yourself, how you treat other people, how you do business, how you engage with media, social media, or whatever. So the if you're well, <laughs> you'll I believe you'll do that well. If you're not well, you're not gonna do that well. And not only does that impact your life and the consequences that you can suffer um, personally, um, you know, intimately with those you you love, but also in business your brand, your money, your business, your this and that third. But I believe it's also the impact that it's going to have on those who um, watch you, who follow you, who listen to your music, who watch your movies, who come to your games, you know, whatever it is. Like, you, you, there's, there's a different level of responsibility when you got the kind of profile and platform, right, that, um, that some, of us, some of us have. But aside from that, even when nobody's looking, even if you're an artist whose name nobody knows or you're um, in creative spaces where what you do might not always be out in the you know, massive public right, marketing space, how you manage the, even your own creative process is important. I know there's people who don't think they can be creative unless they're under the influence of something, you know? That's not, that's not good. Yeah, and that's scary. <laughs> that's not we really see good. that a lot in music and yeah. in TV. Yeah, of course. And it's, it's the same in film, television, and, and other spaces. Um, so, you know, even if and when nobody's looking, or even if nobody sees you, or even if you don't think that's going to roll over into um, any events that are then going to be in the news, it's still very important from us for us to understand, hey, where does the inspiration for my work and my creative spirit come from? You know, how can I do what I need to do, what I want to do, what I'm compelled to do? How do I do that um, in a natural, organic, healthy way, right? How do I maintain that um, when things are good and even when things are slow, when things aren't going well, when, you know, we all right. We have these seasonal ebbs and flows and things like that. If I'm only doing great when things are great, but then when things slow down, I start being afraid or like, what are my what are my patterns? What are my ebbs and flows? And how do those connect to the ebbs and flows of industry and markets? And how do those connect to the ebbs and flows of, of weather? 
the ebbs and flows of current events, you know? I mean, every time I hear about something tragic happening to somebody, I realize how sensitive a human being I am, how much it impacts me and influences me. So part of my therapy is now engaging myself in what we're doing right now, right now. So this is one of the ways that I've learned to direct my energy, right? And direct my emotional power and my emotional capacity into something positive as opposed to doing something that's going to be self-destructive, right? And part of being a creative person isn't always creating things for other people. What do you do for your own peace of mind? What do you do that's not, not going to be judged? That's not going to be commercialized. That's not going to be monetized, right? Being a creative person is not always about creating a product for consumption, right? It's, I, I, I believe, if, if, not, if not anything, one of the purest examples of, of how God works through us is through our power of creation. You know, we can create things, we create ideas, we create people, and each, right? we create each other, but you can also create what you see, what you believe, you can recreate your entire reality. So creativity is also self-expression. And sometimes the way you express yourself isn't about anybody else but yourself. So have other art forms, have other things, other spaces and places and things that you can do that aren't up for someone else's judgment, that don't have a price associated with, that don't have the pressure of if you don't do it good enough for someone else, that it doesn't have any value or it's not going to pay this bill or that bill. So what I've learned to do as a creative person is to make sure that some of my art is up for sale, but not all of it. You know, some of who I am is for public consumption, but not all of it. You know, some I like how I you do. compare that. Some of my art is up for sale, meaning like yeah. you, you get to like control that narrative. Yeah, yeah. And some of it isn't. Some of it isn't for you. You know, you don't understand it. It's not for you to understand. And even if I am going to share it, you know, it doesn't matter what you say about it. I understand what value it has Absolutely. to, you know, to me. And that is part of my process of healing and expression and catharsis or whatever it is. But we all have to have a way of getting what's going on with us out. You know, some people they got all these feelings, but then they don't read. And then the things that they're reading are just gossip or other negative information. I suppose, are you reading anything that's going to be affirmational to you? Are you reading anything that's going to be inspirational to you? Are you reading anything that's going to give you vocabulary? So now all these feelings that you have, you know, if you're reading and educating yourself or exposing yourself to other things and other ways of thinking, other ways of, you know, uh, uh, again. It's of being, other ways of just being, right? You'll, you'll also, yeah, you'll also gain a vocabulary. And I feel like what a lot of people struggle with is the vocabulary sometimes or is a way to like literally just articulate what it is that's happening um, with them or within them, you know? So be quiet, shut everybody and everything off sometimes, mm-hmm. go inward, listen to yourself, listen to your spirits, happen to what's happening in here, and then also practice and learn the language that will help you not only in how you speak to yourself, but how you can articulate what's going on with you, you know, 
outwardly to others that can support you, be there for you, help you just listen, or sometimes just even to clarify your behavior. That's right. A lot of times, you know, we get in quote unquote, whether we get in trouble or there's even things I've done people think are so great. And I have to tell them, I was like, well, no, I mean, I appreciate that you think that was great, but I didn't do that for any good reason or for anybody to approve of it. I did that because that was something necessary for me to do for who it served or because, again, I had to let that go. You know, I'm glad that it landed well, but I had to let that go. But let me give you some context and some clarification. And obviously, when things go wrong, you want to be able to not necessarily cover your behind, but again, give it context and clarification. Otherwise, you're just going to be judged on your behavior that people aren't going to understand what it is, where it comes from, and why, if you don't have the ability to to communicate. That's right. I love it, Black man. You out here preaching and living and, and being a, a, such a positive example for so many people. Greenleaf. Huh? <laughs> okay, I missed that show. I used to love Greenleaf. I know, me too. That was my show. I, I would tune in. Uh, between that and I, fi- I finally watched the last one of Queen Sugar last night, which you appeared on Queen Sugar. Um, well, popped in that. I was just, I, I don't know. Anyway, that I'm changing the subject matter, but I, I love all the shows you've been a part of. All right, my next question for you is um, traditionally, you know, Black men um, have not been as open, right, about their mental health awareness mental health awareness, but I feel like we're seeing a shift in that narrative and kind of in the culture. And you certainly have been a catalyst for this positive change. Um, can you share with us a little bit more about the Jess Hill tour? I'm sorry, Jess Hill bro tour. Let me start over. Can you share with us a little bit about the Jess Hill bro tour and that initiative and, you know, how you got involved, who are your partners and some of your plans for 2023? Yeah, so Just Hill Bro is um, is a product of uh, Living Hope Production. And, um, you know, the immeasurably talented and you know um, brilliant, beautiful, resolute um, uh, Hope Allen, and uh, we've been partnered and joined at the hip for years. Um, uh, one of her other clients is another uh, beautiful brother by the name of Jay Barnett. And uh, Jay is a mental health therapist. He also, like myself, is a former athlete. Um, and he's got an incredible testimony himself. He so, really is. Um, as a result of her work with both Jay and myself, Jay penned a journal um, called Just Heal Bro. Mm. And that was the inspiration and the emphasis for, um, you know, them creating the vision that, hey, this is something we should put together and put on the road. Now, Hope and I, for years, we're talking about doing kind of this all-male forum kind of concept, um, but it was going to be, you know, a little broader and really just kind of speaking to the hearts of men, you know, and that's still what this tour ends up doing, but it's really through the door and through the, the lens um, and the landscape of mental health and what that means and all the different things that impact our mental health. So it's a national tour that we've um, taken to over 15 cities over the last um, several months. And, Y'all have been in 15 markets? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, and it could have been more, you know, if not for uh, um, particular COVID 
Um, but again, you know, this is something that I think for some people, they they want to want to see it happen, see how it's going to work. But most folks are like, you know, we want it, we want it now, but it's better for us to push it to you know early twenty three or. Um, especially some of the higher education institutions are trying to squeeze it into their academic year frameworks, you know? Mm -hmm. So sometimes, uh, okay, it didn't fit in the first semester of last year, right? When we started. So then they pushed to the fall, but then based upon how certain, you know, they already kind of had their fall program. So they're like, okay, you know, next, (laughs) next spring. Um, So we could have done easily. I would, I'd, I'd even go so far as to say almost twice as many cities if our, schools allowed and if um you know uh, and if some of these other uh, opportunities of scheduling uh, permitted but uh but it's been going exceptionally well and we cover the gamut from um you know suicide to depression to um you know and a be honest with you infertility and erectile dysfunction or uh, i mean we i'm telling you some of the stuff that's come up i mean we talk about um business and industry and obviously and fatherhood and marriage. And um, I mean, everything you can think of that's coming through what men have been dying to talk about for the longest time. And the challenge for some men is not having the place and the space. Um, and sometimes the, the safety, right. And, um, and, and confidentiality, right. And mm-hmm. the courage, to really say certain things out loud. And that's what we, um, that's what we provide. We say, hey, like, this is where you can come and, and lay it out on the table. This is where you can come and, and finally tell the truth. This is where you can come and get some insight. This is where you can come and see a whole bunch of other brothers just like you who understand we're going through the same things you're going through. You're not alone, um, you know, in this, this fear or, um, insecurity or, you know, you feeling incapacitated, like whatever it is, like we get it, you know, um, and, and it's, it's encouraging the vulnerability, which is something that we often get deprogrammed, you know, with, right. It's, it's, you're not a man. If you're sensitive, you're not a man. If you're vulnerable, you're not a man. if You lean into your emotion. You're not a man. If you can even articulate your emotions. I mean, think about, how many times you've heard, oh, you know, men just don't talk or men, you know, don't have feelings or men, if they do have feelings, they don't know how to express their feelings. Trust me. Right? Mm-hmm. That ain't true for most of the men that I know who've actually opened their mouths, mm-hmm. you know, and they're given the time and given the space that somebody is actually listening. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be surprised how much men, um, you know, do know how to do that and do want to do that. But then, unfortunately, if they are, what do we then hear? Oh, he all in his feelings, right? Then it's a negative thing if he is being articulate or emotional right. or expressing himself. So again, we're trying to silence that shame. We're trying to eliminate that stigma of even people being locked into whatever they think um, uh, what makes you a man even is. And we have a brother, Dr. Sean Gaston, who's part of our a collective who speaks to that, you know, a lot. Um, so, you know, we've got other men in the equation. Joel Tudman um, in Potter's house joins us on a, on a regular, you know, basis. He's kind of becoming part of our core. And of course, um, you know, our beloved brother Lawrence Aja is, is always, you know, um, 
one of our strong cornerstones as well. So, you know, you got four or five brothers, you know, and we're right here. We're coming in to these cities, you know, like ready to lock lock arms, you know, with all these other beautiful men uh, across the country. And it's been a profound experience everywhere um, that we've been looking to go back to certain cities and we're looking to go to the cities that we have for business. So for those that are interested, you know, you want us to come to a city near you, please, you know, at um, Just Heal Bro uh, across all platforms and justheal.co is the uh, is the website, J-U-S-T-H-E-A-L dot C-O, not dot com, just dot C-O. So looking That's forward awesome. to doing you know, so much. So much more of that work, you know, in the in the coming months and years. So, you know, we got this, we're getting this baby going and we're trying to, yes. we're trying to get rolling. So, and again, I want to thank all the men out there who have already been in this space, who have organizations and other movements that are in this space, who work with young people in this space, who are working with elders in this space, working with veterans in this space. Mm-hmm. And I also want to take this opportunity to thank all of the men who've come out and been public, right? Um, and not just our professional athletes, but them too, especially because they've helped to kind of normalize this, being transparent and open about, about this, but also our soldiers, like I said, and vets, right, who are talking about the, you know, the value of, of, this, of, of this work and this conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we kind of used to put them in a different category, right? Oh, that's PTSD, you know? Okay, of course, they got some challenges. They've been at war, right? right? <laughs> there's some brothers who feel like they live a life of being at war too in different ways, in different spaces. And sometimes even with the level of violence that may surround some of us, that's, that's real too, you know? Um, so again, for all of those who have helped turn these wheels and get this reality out there, you know, um, yeah, I applaud everybody. We're just trying to do what we can and come up with this kind of, uh, creative concept, if you will, of doing this in a collective way and bringing in large groups of men all in one safe place to really lean into the, the strength in their vulnerability, you know. Well, it's working and, yeah. I, and we applaud you all. Lion and a lamb is what we say, you know. It's like, you know, that balance, that duality is what, what we're all made of. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I, I I applaud you and all the men that are involved in it and you know, we're here to support in any way and, and hopefully yeah, having the support of our sisters and our women is incredibly important. Thank Absolutely. You. Katie, what you got? Yeah, I was just I'm just thinking about so many things because you mentioned there's all of these like layers that stand in the way of black men in particular taking care of their mental health. Um, and I'm excited to say too, Silence the Shame is gonna be doing a lot of great things this year for black men and just continuing to have those necessary conversations. So I would definitely would like- I hear a partnership coming because Black men's mental health is a big priority to Katie's point. So just keep that in the back of your head, bro. You already know it. (laughs) Definitely. But even just thinking about the Black community as a whole, how necessary these conversations are, what would you say in your opinion is like the biggest challenge that stands in the way of us having these conversations um, and for the Black community in particular around mental health and wellness? I think within our community, I think I I would say two things. I think it's fear. It's it's the fear of 
being honest and people looking at you like you're weak. We've been socialized in so many ways, even women, right? Women, you know, it's always a strong black woman, right? It's this, it's this thing. Nobody says weak, like when you say weak black women, they're like, what? Right? And then you get this, you know, you get all this ego from the woman. But then if she's always trying to be strong, then, you know, so many women will be like, why don't we always got to be strong? Like, you know, sometimes we want to be, <laughs> you know, so men want to be able to say and do the same thing. Like, hey, why we always got to be strong? Sometimes we want to be, you know, soft and sensitive or we need a soft place to land or we need somebody that, you know, so it's, but it's the fear, I think, of being able to say that. It's the fear of saying that out loud. It's the fear of saying that and have another man make fun of you or take advantage of your weakness or, you know, or take advantage of your vulnerability. Um, it's the fear of being transparent even to women because of how they may use that against you, weaponize your vulnerability or your weakness or knowing your secrets or, you know, or, you know, what you're afraid of and, and right, hurting you or shaming you or making fun of you or, right, um, exposing that to other people when that was supposed to be a safe and intimate, right, like relationship where that sensitivity could, you know, could be kept, um, could be kept safe. So, um, so I think it's the, the fear of, 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 you know, of safe, right, it's the safety issue. It's, it's men not really feeling like they can honestly be safe um, and, uh, and still be uh, treated <laughs> equitably, right, like a man. And then I think the other thing is, is, is services. It's access to services, access to um, therapy. It's just normalizing therapy, right? Not making it, you're not crazy because, you know, mental health is a priority to you. Um, you're, you know, you're not being made fun of. Your family doesn't have to be embarrassed. Oh, so what? Your son goes to a shrink, you know, right? Even this language that we've used for so long, right? It, you, we mock it as opposed to be like, Oh, you know, oh, yeah, you're going to the dentist, you know. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And then after that, you know, I want to see my therapist. Oh, word. That's a great idea. You know, oh, cool. So who do you go to? Right. Like, that's not what we're asking. But now, if you got a trainer, if this dude's in great shape, like, oh, you working out? Like, oh, yeah, who's your trainer? Who do, you, who do you go to? I mean, we should have the same, you know, we should have the same value um, with therapy and counseling or, or what have you. and beyond just the church. And what a lot of people actually aren't getting is even in church. Because a lot of people, they might be theologians, but they're not therapists, you know? Um, so we're really not getting adequate, um, you know, help, um, mental health services. Um, there's not enough of us in the space as practitioners, which also helps. I think it gives us a different level of comfort. But I'll also learn if some people it doesn't matter always that the therapist looks like us because sometimes it helps to have some distance. If they look like you, then it's almost like, uh oh, you know, I, I know him or, you know, she knows me or, you know, for some people, they like there to be a little bit of distance, you know, between them and their healthcare providers. But others, when it comes to something that can be as, as intimate as a, you know, counselor and, and patient, um, you know, the level of information and the layers of information share you know people and i think it's valuable when people have somebody who looks like them, who understands them um you know culturally or whatever you know what i mean so that's i think those are the major two things it's the kind of social right kind of dynamic of families and, and community 
and the relationships with women, but then it's also just, you know, uh, the actual providing of services, getting to them, knowing where they are, having access, being able to afford it, you know, um, and then the quality of those services and, and the representation, right, that exists um, within those that's what I would say. No, all great information makes a hundred makes sense a hundred percent. I want to know what do you think is uh, or what is your hope rather, um, particularly when we talk about black men and, and black boys around mental health and wellness. What is what is your goal or your hope for the future? You know, as you continue to do this work, what is what is your Wakanda around mental wellness for black men and boys? In, in your opinion. Yeah, the first thing for me is the level of of violence and self-sabotage and what I consider... um, Well, you better say that again. What I consider suicide on so many levels is is the major concern for me. So my Wakanda is um, that our little brothers and even some of our peers, you know, literally stop killing each other. And that, that is an expression of our... Yes. Our mental disease in so many ways is connected to our value systems being screwed up. We're robbing and stealing and poaching and, you know, um, exploiting people for dumb shit, for, um, you know, for things, for brand names, for cars, for respect, whatever it is. It, It like that. That's the major thing for me. And I believe the source of that is connected to not only our some some economic condition, but it's not only the economic condition of people surviving, trying to survive to eat. It's really, um, you know, their uh, their desire for 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 validation, for for power, for presence, for identity, to be seen, to be felt, to be heard, to be you know to get you know what they think is respect. That respect doesn't come from fancy shoes or clothes or what you drive. It doesn't. So this is part of what I need from you women. If I'm going to appeal to y'all is stop giving us the validation that comes from these meaningless things. Have this stuff we're doing it. So not only we can compete with other boys for positions of power, but it's because we want your attention. Right. So, and vice versa, you know, I call it the knucklehead chickenhead syndrome. You know, so this knucklehead behavior is because we're trying to get the, you know, attention of the chicken heads and the chicken heads are doing the things that they're doing, trying to get these knuckleheads. Yeah. And, you know, and neither one is serving our, um, you know, our uh, progress in, in any way. So I, I believe that one of the biggest reflections in the, uh, the issue of our mental health is is that somebody would rather you know, I mean, some little boys shot each other at Union, at, at, at Atlantic Station the other day. Yeah, it was so terrible. And last last month, that happened. That's you if that's not you committing suicide as well, even though you might walk away from that event technically alive, you've absolutely thrown your life away. Mm-hmm. Just a matter of time before you suffer or before what you go out in some blaze of glory or, and then you shoot yourself. So so one second you was gangster and you shot somebody and the next minute, you, you know, you shoot yourself. Like, I don't know. Were you watching 
I don't know how, what kind of movies, which is where people like me got to have some responsibility, right? So you're trying to relive the fantasy of either some video game or some scene you've seen in the movie where you roll, you step out your car and then, you know, you point your gun and you go out with, you know, 18 people shooting at you. And, you know, like, that's not, you know, that's not heroism. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Life is not supposed to imitate art. No, I don't understand. Not in that way. I don't understand. Not right, how, correct. You know, somebody like, and again, these are our babies. So this is somebody's baby who is this sweet little baby boy at some point. And right. then he lived to 16, 17, and he, he doesn't make it back from going to the movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, somebody else, again, was somebody's sweet baby boy. And that little boy becomes this little, you know, has this moment of demonism where he shoots some other little boy and then laughs about it and then goes and giggles with his friends. And then it's not just one idiot. It's how many little boys that are together and they're all being idiots together. Like, so not only is it just one serial killer on the loose every once in a while. No, we're talking about acts of violence and acts of destruction and self-destruction, not just not to mention the destruction of other people, right? Mm-hmm. And other things that where there's multiple brains in the equation at the same time. So hold on, how many of y'all got together and decided to do this smash and grab? Okay, so how many of y'all got together and decided y'all were going to do this, um, you know, raid on somebody's, you know, house? Like how many of y'all thought this was cool to go out here and you know, what are they doing? Doing their little burnouts and stuff in the middle of the street and then run from, like, this is, you know, this is the source of, like, joy and, I don't know, rebellion and whatever for you. But whatever that is, there's, I hate to say it, but there's a level of imbalance and dis-ease and sickness there that if there were one thing that, one place that I would love to start, that would be it, you know? Because I believe that not only would free up a lot of our boys, a lot of our young girls too. There's countless other things that we could talk about on that list from, you know, substance abuse to, you know, the kidnapping and violation of our, you know, um, you know, of so many, you know, uh, children of color. There's little girls and little boys disappearing at unconscionable rate, you know. Um, and sometimes the people snatching them are... Again, men and women who look like us. I, so there's there's just, there's so much pain and so much stress, um, but a lot of it is all connected to uh, it, a lot of what's connected to violence is what is is you know it doesn't make any. I agree. Sense. It's it's them not having conflict resolution. Yeah. And not having healthy ways of coping. I mean, it's it's a hundred percent. You're hundred percent right on that. We could stay on this podcast for days because it is so much happening within our communities. But again, without having people like you in the community, you know, I feel like you know there is hope. Hope is never lost, right? That's the whole point of why we do what we do is continue to have hope. And I mean, you've just dropped so much great information and knowledge on us today. I hope. I know you, the listeners have enjoyed listening to, to you and everything you've had to say as much as I have and, and Katie, and, and we appreciate you more than you know. But, you know, before we, you get out of here, we got to ask you what's going on with the acting. You got any new TV shows and movies coming up that you can promote or anything. You I know you can't. You, I know you always got something in the mix that you can't really talk about. But anything you can talk about. 
always something. So there's a couple of different things in development. I actually am really hoping to uh, um, really activate the pipeline of, you know, content that I'm trying to compile okay. and um, either compose or, you know, bring into, um, you know, my fold of, of uh, ownership or influence and bring forward a lot of stories to tell and um, uh, a lot of really profound things and lessons and legacies to share. And, uh, and I think, you know, there's some, some stuff that's, uh, uh, like I said, that I'm putting together and partnering with others on that, that, um, you know, I think is really going to uh, speak to a lot of people in a lot of uh, dynamic ways. So I'm excited about what the future holds. Um, right now you can see me on, um, uh, on a wonderful new series called the Black Hamptons, um, where I'm, uh, star and producer on oh congratulations uh, on what BT network is that plus yes uh bt bt plus so it's, okay. it's set in the in the hamptons Sad Harbor. um stars myself elise neal del calloway nice. um, brian white ron riley got a, got a um you know nice crew of, uh of folks that uh you know so dynamic show um you know, some good surprises, but, uh, you know, I think you really like it. Um, and uh, there's other things that are already in the BT and BT pipeline. So you can go to BT Plus. Hey, you popped in my name. Probably come <laughs> name uh, I did uh, actually Sacrifice with Paula Patton um, this time last year. Okay. Um, it's also available there. Uh, recently recurred on Queen Sugar, as you mentioned. Um, and then uh, I did another film on influence uh, did a small role on there for that's absolutely but there's a lot of stuff that's already kind of out there in the uh you know in the landscape you mentioned greenleaf still uh yep. stream greenleaf and then there's that on uh awesome. on and possibly on the watch own app as well okay, um, great. but other than that a lot of it we're talking about man it's this work is this activism is getting out in the community is it's, uh you know um, really partnering with the people who are out there, you know, on the ground, doing doing the hard work, really kind of supporting them, backing them up, and lending our, you know, whatever your, uh, whether it's name, likeness, or leverage of any kind or not. Like I said, even when nobody's looking, you know, it's just about like being invested in the in the right kind of thing. Um, That's right. We are so proud of you. We love you. We appreciate you. Lamar Rucker, everybody. Woo! You are the man. You know I love you, my brother. Give my best to your wife. Mom. Can you tell our Absolutely. listeners how they can stay in touch with you? Yes, you can follow me at Lamar Rucker Official on Instagram. That's L-A-M-M-A-N-R-U-C-K-E-R Official. I'm also at Lamont Rucker, L-A-M-M-A-N-R-U-C-K-E-R on Twitter, Facebook. Um, that's all I'm, I'm, I'm that TikToking, Snapchatting, <laughs> you know, none of that. Um, so definitely just stay in touch, drop a line anywhere that you see me, you know, out, um, you know, showing up, whether it's a special event, fundraiser, whether planting trees and plants or whether we're Feeding the homeless or 
you know, HIV and AIDS testing. Well, I mean, you know, again, mental health, like no matter what it is, like, please, if, if you see, um, you know, coming to you, please come out and contribute positively to what's happening. I'd you know, love to meet you and, and say hello and don't hesitate to come out and get your hands dirty. Do something some positive for a community that belongs to you and even, even those that, that don't. You know, I think that's, that's really what I'm hoping for is to mobilize people to do things. Yeah. You know, they must love Georgia stepping up in that Senate race and showing up. Absolutely. You know, count. Um, and uh, across the board, everybody, please participate in the political process. Learn who the people are, who represent you, supposed to be working for you um, as a citizen of this country. Pay more attention to your local elections than the four-year presidential one. That doesn't matter as much as who judges are, who your sheriff is, who's your, you know, city police chief, the head of your city council, school superintendent, you know, um, your congressmen and local senators and things like that. Those are the elections that matter. So yeah. consider election and voting something you do every year, at least every two years, not just something that you just okay. occasionally do. Silence and Shame is a bipartisan organization, but we encourage Absolutely. everybody to exercise your right, right. to vote. It helps right. your emotional health and wellness, too, for you to be a part of the process and not sitting back right. and not a part of it. So, right. Just yes. waiting on what, you know, what, what might happen to you. So, that's right. Absolutely. To, to do the best. I think that's a big part of mental health as well. A lot of people just keep a lot inside and don't do the things that actually do empower them uh, to have a voice. So your voice matters. Find your voice, you know, clarify your voice and then direct your voice to something like that. 100%. Yes, and yes. Katie, Katie, how can we stay in touch with you? I am on Instagram at Katie Wadey, C-A-T-I-E-W-A-T-E-Y. And then, of course, any Silence to Shame platforms, um, you can find my contact information there as well to contact me directly about any events and outreach opportunities with the organization. Well, we appreciate you. And you can find me at ShantiDoss404 on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you follow our organization at Silence to Shame on IG at Silence TH Shame on Facebook. We have some great content that um, spans, you know, five or six years of doing this work on our YouTube channel under Silence to Shame TV. And of course, you can find the Silence to Shame. And of course, you can find the Silence to Shame podcast on all streaming platforms. So make sure that you subscribe and rate and refer to a friend. So we appreciate you all listening today. Again, thank you to our incredible guest, my dear friend, Lamar Rucker. And we ask you to take time, save a life and silence the shame.